Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to the podcast, this one being for May 2015. And um, this time I'm going to do another one of my podcast specials, which I do from time to time, in which I take a particular topic and talk about that for the half an hour rather than having a lot of separate bits and pieces. And the thing I'd like to to chat to you about is um, about being a pro magician. Um, I've been a pro magician, as you may know, for about 33 years. Uh, It's a long time to be doing anything, but it's certainly a long time to be uh, relying on magic for your income. And I've learned quite a lot of things over the years about how to sustain um, this as a job long term. And I thought it might be interesting just to to go through that because I, I know there are a lot of people who they have a normal day job. Maybe they do magic part time on a semi pro basis where they get paid for shows, or maybe just an amateur. And one of the sort of fantasies that they have is of becoming a pro magician. Now, sometimes people manage to do this when they uh, perhaps take early retirement and they've got a pension behind them uh, and they take the plunge at that point. And other times when people are very young, um, they decide rather than going to a regular career to to try and uh, make a go of it in magic. But either way, there are a whole range of things which uh, might not be immediately obvious to someone thinking about taking magic up on a pro level. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you now my thoughts on three main areas that I think anybody going into this perhaps might need to think about in order to make sure that what they do um, actually works. Now, the first and and most obvious of these um, three things is perhaps money. Um, When you're a semi-pro or if you're just an amateur, whether you make a a substantial amount of money out of your hobby um, is really neither here nor there. Um, Most of the time, of course, any money that you do make is either ploughed back into magic itself to buy more props or to go to conventions or whatever. Or it can be used for the extra things in life like holidays or things like that, extra special gifts for somebody, days out, things that you wouldn't normally want to pay out of your regular salary for. So under those circumstances, um, magic is, is just a bit of fun, isn't it? And uh, any money that you make is an added bonus. Of course, once you decide to um, go into it full time, your whole mindset really has to change because all of a sudden, instead of it being extra income, it becomes your only income. And at that point, uh, there is nothing that concentrates the mind more, quite frankly, than the thought that if you don't generate some uh, shows or some sort of magical income, you're basically not going to have any money. So the first thing you need to think about and the thing you need to get into your head and come to terms with, I think, is the fact that your your magical money income is going to probably be fairly sporadic. It's not like a a salary that comes in on the 28th of every month or whatever. Um, It's going to be sporadic. When you've got work, you'll get paid. When you don't have work, of course, you won't get paid. Now, although that is fine, over a 12-month period, you may know how much you're perhaps on average going to make. But um, what is not sporadic are your bills. Uh, They will continue to come in consistently every month, whether you are working or not. 
and really you you have to understand this i, I know it's an obvious thing to state to state but it's very easy to get uh, in the excitement of thinking about doing something that you love all day every day um, to forget the practicalities of money and that the money runs out faster than you can imagine if you don't set things up so that you have some consistent income coming in. So the first thing before you take the plunge that you need to do, I think, is to decide whether it's actually a realistic proposition financially at all. Um, what I would suggest is you set up a spreadsheet or you get a piece of paper out and you, you note down as accurately as you can all your current expenses. And I'm not just talking about the major things like your your, your mortgage or, or rent if you if you rent a property, food, fuel and that sort of thing. I'm talking about extra things too. Um, the things that you perhaps normally don't really think about, such as holidays, um, such as the buying of clothes, um, things that you you perhaps don't need to do every month, but which you will need to do every few months or every year, because those are, can sometimes be the straw that breaks the camel's back in the sense that you're going to need money for these things too. Your need for these things is not going to disappear just because you don't have a salary. It's still going to be there. So you make a very comprehensive list. And rather than just guessing, if you possibly can, look back over, say, over the last couple of years, see what all your utility bills have actually how much money you've needed to pay for all of those, top them up, divide them by, if you look up a year's worth, divide them by 12 to get a monthly amount that you need to, to have as an income in order to be able to have heating and lighting and so on. It, it's a bit boring to do it, and um, but it, it, it can sometimes open your eyes and make you realise, crikey, I do spend a lot of money. You probably think, oh, I live very frugally, I don't really need much. Um, but this this type of exercise, I think, is really, really important if you are serious about using magic as your only source of income. So now you know what your expenses are. Now, the next thing to do is to, if you can, try to make realistic projections about what your income is likely to be. Now, if you're a semi-pro already, then the chances are uh, you, you're already doing shows on a fairly regular basis. So let's say you might do, say, 30 shows a year, 30 or 40 shows a year, something like that in your spare time. Now, if you've been doing that for a number of years fairly consistently, then that's really helpful to know, because now you know that even now that uh, you don't have an income, that provided you continue doing what you've been doing up to now, then you should still have the income for 30 to 40 shows in coming years as well. The great thing is now you're going to have more time to promote yourself to get more shows. But as a as a base of a known quantity of money coming in, it's very helpful to be able to look back over previous years and see, well, what was my actual income? And again, you may surprise yourself when you look back. You may discover you're not making as much as you thought you were. Because in the past, when you get a, a sum of, say, £250 for a show, it seems like a large sum. And because... You're spending this on the extras in life uh, rather than on the basics. And because it doesn't matter next month whether you get a show or not because you have your salary, you probably think you're making quite a lot of money from shows. But this will, if you do this properly and go back and look at it uh, um, in a very um, uh, sort of logical way, then you will find out actually what sort of income you've got coming in. 
So you're making calculations of income, you're making calculations of expenditure, and you need to see how far, what is the disparity between the two. If on a semi-pro basis you're already making more than you need to cover your expenses, happy days, quite frankly. But the chances are that you're probably not. Uh, Your expenses are going to far outstrip your income. So the next thing to do is to look at your income, look at your shows, and average out what your average fee is. I mean, we all charge different amounts for different types of show. So try and go through and get a, get a rough idea of what your average show costs to the booker. That will give you an average fee. You then look at the disparity between your outgoings and your income as it stands currently. Look at the, the difference between those two and divide it by your average show fee. This will give you a a very, it's only rough and ready, but it'll give you a very rough idea of how many extra shows you need to get um, in order to get your minimum amount of money up to something that will cover your expenses. Again, you may well find that you have a surprise one way or the other, but it could well be that you realise that you've done 30 shows last year, but you actually need 70 shows in order to break even on your expenses as it stands at the moment. So you think to yourself, wow, you know, I've got to I've got to do well over 100 percent increase in the number of shows that I do in order just to get enough money to live. And that's a a bit of a reality check for you, isn't it? Um, Can you afford to do that? Is is it likely that even given extra time to promote yourself that you can get that income up quickly enough and sufficiently in order to cover what you need uh, for your various bits of expenses? And you have to put a realistic time frame on it, too, because from the very first day that you um, become pro, your salary from your job, if you've had one before, will stop. And so it's very helpful if you have got some savings or some money that you can fall back on initially, because it could take you a year or two years even to genuinely get the, enough work to build up Um, the amount of income on a consistent basis to pay your expenses it could take that long could take longer it just depends uh, on a a sort of a lot of factors of course of how successful you are Um, but nevertheless you do need to make that calculation because if you don't you could run into trouble very quickly if you have no money to fall back on then within three or four months you could suddenly find you have no money at all, especially if, if you're at a time of year when you're not doing much work anyway, and uh, so you haven't got much income coming in. So th- these are sort of the financial um, r- sort of considerations that, that you need to think about. Um, it, it, it can be very revealing when you start to produce figures like this, and the temptation is to say, ah, no, it'll be fine, I'll manage. Well, you know... If you have a family or even if you're on your own and if your life, as you know it now, is dependent on income that you've up to now relied entirely on a salary, then changing over to something like magic, which is which, as I said earlier, will be sporadic, then obviously you need to think, can I afford to do this? Uh, And if not, if you don't have money to fall back on, then you may take a view about whether it's a wise idea or not to do it in the first place. Right then, so that's the first element of um, your internal discussion you're going to have to have with yourself about turning pro. 
Um, and um, the chances are, I would imagine, that um, you're going to need to increase the amount of work that you do in order to bring in more income. So the second thing that um, you need to think about is how you're going to do this. Now, I've always felt that um, the reason why um, many people start out as pro magicians and then have to give it up is because they rely too heavily on one source of income. Because although you are a pro magician, it doesn't mean to say that uh, you necessarily are going to put all your eggs in one basket and try to create um, a livable wage from just one thing to do with magic. Now, when I turned pro um, back in 81, I I was very aware that although my wife had a full-time job, um, I was going to have to bring income in in a way that I'd never had to do before. And so I looked at all the things, all the skills that I felt that I had and realised that actually I, I had quite a lot of different strings to my bow. Um, at that time, uh, obviously I was doing children's shows, I was only doing a small amount of close-up. So immediately I, de- I identified that I needed to increase the number of close-up shows that I was doing, as well as consolidating and, if at all possible, um, doing more of the children's shows. It, at the time, with the kids' shows, I only did magic shows. So my immediate thought was, OK, if I need to increase the amount of income I get from um, kids' kid shows, then I need to diversify within that Instead of just doing magic, I decided to do games as well. And that's how I started my magic parties. I realised if I took over a whole party for somebody, I could charge um, more than just doing uh, a, full, a half an hour or 45 minute magic show. So I deliberately set about creating magic parties. I deliberately set about uh, trying to get more close up shows. But there were other things too. Um, I'd already started at that point doing lectures uh, and inventing magic and I was selling a small amount at lectures and a little tiny bit in mail order. So I thought, well, okay, as well as the shows, I'm also going to um, ramp up the sales of magic. So whereas before, up until that point, I'd basically only sold the tricks that were to do with the lectures that I was presenting around the country, I started to... um, release items that were nothing to do with lectures and that I could sell mail order. And I started to formalise the release of magic tricks, which has gone right the way through to the present day, on a regular basis in order to drive interest and to drive um, sales um, and to drive, obviously, my income. So there was lectures, and in my case, and sales of of, um, marketed items, sales of items at the lectures. Um, I had um, shows, both kid shows and close-up shows. So already I've got about five different strings to my bow. Over the years, I've added others. Um, For the last 10 years, I've been the editor and co-owner of Magic Scene, of course. So that's another income stream. It's It's a separate business, but it's still magic related. And there is a crossover between the things that I've done in the past and what I'm doing as as the editor of the magazine. Uh, but again, it, it's it's another uh, way to generate some income and to uh, and to diversify generally. I've also done a lot more um, in terms of in more recent times with business using magic for business related things such as trade shows um, and other um, sort of business events. 
Um, I put a lot of effort and energy into that in order, again, to diversify. So I've got close-up shows, I've got children's shows. Now I've got business events and business shows. So I'm telling you all this um, just to show you how you need to think outside the box. So um, let's say, for instance, you are essentially a close-up magician. Well, you may think, well, do you know, I, I, can't, I really can't be doing with children's magic. It's, it's just not me. Well, that's fine. But you may decide that, OK, um, I, I don't feel like doing children's shows, but could I do perhaps a stand-up act or a cabaret show? Could I um, turn my, my hand to, to some mentalism? Because normally I just do traditional close-up. Looking to diversify, creating different shows and different ways of, um, of creating income. And, and look at your skill set. What other things could you learn? Um, think, as I say, outside the box, offering something that you don't currently offer. Um, as a general thing, as I told you with the children's magic... I added games. Um, if you are a children's entertainer and you already do games, you could think, OK, can I offer workshops? Can I offer something completely different? A balloon model, a whole balloon modelling party, um, face painting or anything affiliated to the entertainment to flesh it out, to make your, your whole offering more attractive and to enable you to earn more income. I think it's a, it's a really important process to go through is to, to, to try and work out exactly what you could do. And even if you can't do it at the moment, get training, practice, get the skills necessary to diversify. Because I, I am absolutely convinced that when one part, if you, if you have a range of ways of making income, when one goes quiet, and let's face it, certain times of the year, certain things are more popular than others. For instance, if you do work outside, if you do summer fairs or that sort of thing, well, obviously in the summer you're going to be busy, but you're not going to be busy for, for that sort of thing in February. So, you know, you, you need to have things that are stretch your income out throughout the whole year and uh, enable you to make money on a consistent basis. And it's only by diversifying, I think, that you can really be um, have any sort of good chance of making that work so then you've looked at all your costs you've looked at your potential income you've considered how you can diversify in order to spread the risk if you like um, and in terms of your your income streams but the third and in some ways uh, the most important element of all of this is publicity because no matter how um, diversified your show offering is if nobody hears about it or not enough people hear about it, then clearly you're going to not going to make enough money and not going to get enough bookings. Now, I mentioned earlier on about a lead time, because um, if you are doing, as I mentioned earlier, let's say 30 shows a year, but actually you need at least 70 shows a year in order to uh, to break even, then that's not going to happen overnight. And and to be honest, these days, publicising yourself and what you do is more complex than it has ever been. Um, as we've said time many times before, um, in the old days when Yellow Pages was king, it was so simple. I don't think any of us realised how lucky we were because everybody basically used the great big yellow directory for all their services. So all we had to do was put the largest advert we could afford in the Yellow Pages directory and essentially, that was job done. There was very little else that we needed to do because everybody used Yellow Pages. 
Now, of course, that's no longer true. Nobody uses Yellow Pages. And instead, people go online. Now, in theory, that should be even better because more people have access to the Internet and can find us more readily. But the problem is they can also find literally everybody else as well. It's not as targeted. And there are lots of things that you need to, a lot of ducks you need to put into a row in order to start to have some success. So publicity is really, really important. And the shop window, really, for all that you do is going to be your website. Um, If I was to make one suggestion that will, I know will cost money, but if I was to make one suggestion, as I think is something that's totally essential, and that is to make sure that you get a professional company to design a good website for you. A website is going to be the, the, the port of call that probably all your other publicity will send people to. It's like your shop window. And if that is um, a somewhat creaky, old-fashioned looking website that um, the son of a friend of yours who knows a bit about computers because he plays computer games all week um, has designed for you, it might not be enough to create the impression um, that you need to get uh, lots of bookings. Um, websites can be of course in in all all different types some some are large some are small Um, but uh, I think the general view is that if you have got and we were talking about diversifying if you have got a wide uh, range of shows to offer it might be best to have more than one website so maybe have one for close-up and if you have a children's show as well have a separate one for the children's one it's more money but you want to be able to make your your publicity as targeted and as focused as possible. That's one thing that the Internet does allow us to do. Uh, if you take out things like Google AdWords, um, the way that you, that the, if you like, the negative keywords that you use to prevent your advert appearing for certain types of inquiry, but make sure that it does appear your advert does appear for other types helps you to focus if you do it well to focus so that only the people who are likely to be customers of yours get to see your advert not only does it save you money doing it this way but it also means that you the leads that you do get are more likely to be good ones rather than just people who thought that you were the right sort of type of entertainer they were looking for only to discover that you actually you weren't so facebook ads and google adwords need to be professionally done ideally as well if you don't know how to do it yourself but uh, certainly you need you need to make sure that you have a strong presence there Um, the next thing offline publicity well that's still valid i think some people imagine that all we need to do now is just just have a have a website but of course as i mentioned a moment ago you need to have something that will drive people to that website and often that can be offline Uh, more traditional forms of advertising, whether I advertise, for instance, in um, a local um, lifestyle magazine, which goes out every three weeks, and I have an advert in every other issue. And I found that to be very helpful in raising my profile as a close-up magician and of getting some quite good inquiries. And it also pushes people through to my website to watch the video that I have on there so they can see the type of magician that I am. Uh, I find all that to be very, very helpful. But there are lots of other things that you can do too. There are all sorts of of local um, magazines, newspapers that you can use. 
there's even if you really want to go the whole hog there's even radio advertising um if your demographic for instance if you're a children's entertainer then having a series of adverts over a few weeks um in the middle of the day on local radio when all the mums perhaps are listening might be a very good way to go for you um and it's not as expensive as it as it might initially seem um provided that it's on the right time of day and is targeted at the right people but i think whatever you do whether it's radio advertising whether it's printed publicity whether it's brochures and leaflets whether it's networking i do a lot of networking that's how i get most of my business work is through going to business networking events again it's something that you will when you're a pro you have got time to do actually you've got time to do it even if you're semi pro because most networking events are either first thing in the morning before work or their early evening after work but nevertheless you can even go to ones during the day as i do because you are free to do it and that's the 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 other key thing with publicity it's not a a one time hit it's something that constantly needs your attention i remember uh, i had a discussion with um, professional uh, magician ian moran in manchester and uh, he and i um, had a conversation a long conversation about turning pro what it means to be a pro and one of the things that he said and i thought was so true was that you have to look upon the generation of of leads and the generation of publicity as part of your job and you should really be doing it during the day you know it's no good putting your feet up every morning and um, watching daytime tv and reading the paper and drinking a cup of coffee um the bookings aren't going to come in like that you should actually say okay between 10 and 11:30 every day i am going to work on my publicity if you've got the time to do it you should do it now this publicity can be anything from writing blogs to attending as i mentioned networking events it it can be putting a post posts on things like linkedin uh it can it can be a whole range of things it can be producing an email newsletter that you send out to your previous clients um there are so many different things that you can do you just need a little bit of time a little bit of imagination and to be honest dedication in order to do it and and Ian stressed this and he he does this on a regular basis and has reaped the benefits but none of it none of it is going to happen quickly it happens over a period of time and the longer you're in an area and the better you uh, sort of you become known by the people who need your services the better the show is that you do so the more referrals you get uh and that's another way incidentally talking about referrals um it's a good idea to always actively try and elicit feedback you know nice quotes um testimonials that you can use in your publicity that's another thing you can do when you're working on the publicity it's another way writing to people thanking them for for booking you and asking for some some positive comments that you can use in your publicity all these things are what go towards you being successful and getting the uh, the right amount of inquiries coming through and then of course obviously you need to respond in the right way to the inquiries that do come in and do everything that you can to follow up uh, professionally efficiently um and to make people want to book you Well I'm sure you can see from all the points that I've briefly made in this podcast that there there are a huge number of different things to pull together and to think about um especially if you do want to do this long term 
you know if it's a stopgap for six months or a year while you you know you're looking for another job if you like a proper job uh, then that's one thing but if you want to make it your career or you want it to run for a number of years then you you really do have to be very serious take it seriously and and take a serious approach to it all i mean we're all part of show business and it's made up of two words it's the show but it's also a business and if you've got the show but you don't get the business right then you will not not succeed it's just not going to happen and um we all love magic i mean that's what's why we're in it that's why we want to do it we, we probably love performing uh and although i've been a pro for as i say for over 30 years i still genuinely love what i do um but it's not always been great you know there have been times when uh things have been hard there've been other times when i felt like everything is just falling into place and is and it's all going really really well the truth of the matter is that over a number of years you will have highs and lows but hopefully if you're doing everything right and you're putting the the required amount of effort in and you've got the talent and indeed the determination to succeed then you can make a living out of magic how good that living is obviously will depend on the fees you can get and how much work you can uh, you can generate but to be honest with you when it's going well there is no better way to make a living than by doing magic by we are so lucky those of us who are able to do it and when so many people are stuck in jobs that they do simply for the money to be able to do something like magic which is really a, almost like a calling more than anything else is a huge privilege uh, and i've certainly been very grateful for the opportunity that's given me throughout my working life right so well that's the the podcast special for this time then i hope you found that interesting and uh, if you've got any comments or anything you you want to to add to that then feel free to email me it's always good to hear from people who listen to the podcast but uh, that's all for now that's all for may and i'll be back in june with a more traditional standard podcast offering i look forward to uh, you joining me then bye for now